to the J. Kim Show, Hong Kong's first dedicated podcast on investing in Asia. Join us as we survey the land and discover the greatest companies and most profitable investment opportunities in Asia. If this is your first time listening, thank you for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week with the goal of providing actionable insights to you, the listener, with every single episode. And now, on to the show. Hey listeners, I'm happy to announce that The J. Kim Show is an official media partner and supporter of the Inside Retail, Retail's cutting-edge vertical at the Start Me Up Hong Kong Festival at the end of January. The actual event is on the 31st of January, which is a Wednesday, and it's going to be an all-day event at the Hong Kong Convention Center. It's going to be an action-packed day full of seminars, panels, pitching, networking, and of course, cocktails. As a media partner, I also get a special 20% discount code for my listeners. So if you're interested, head on over to live dot inside retail dot hk forward slash register that's live dot inside retail dot hk forward slash register and use the promo code jkim 20 off that's j-a-y-k-i-m the number 220 and off all in one word all right hope to see you there Today's show guest is Louis Tong, COO of Strawberry Cosmetics Limited. Strawberry Cosmetics, which is also known as Strawberry Net, is a leading beauty online store carrying over 800 brands and 33,000 products, which ship to nearly 200 countries around the world every single day. Today, we talk about her exciting journey from the early dot-com days in China, where she helped launch the popular Chinese social network, RenRen.com to starting her own luxury lingerie business, and then to finally starting Strawberry Net in 1998, which she still runs today. That's 20 years that she's been running this successful e-commerce business, which is one of the largest in the world within her niche. Let's get on to the show. Hi, Louis. How are you doing tonight? Uh, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Hi, Jay. I'm good. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, we're very excited to have you on. Uh, so just for a little bit of color for you, uh, I launched this podcast exactly one year ago during the Start Me Up Hong Kong Festival 2017. And uh, I was I had an opportunity to interview some of the uh, other speakers at the time at uh, the retail Inside Retail Vertical. And so this year, uh, for the audience listening in, uh, Start Me Up Hong Kong Festival 2018 is at the end of January, uh, and the retail vertical is actually on Wednesday, the 31st. And our guest tonight, Louis, is actually one of the speakers that day. So uh, if you guys are interested, uh, I'll have this all linked up in the show notes. You can, uh, I actually have a discount coupon uh, code that if you want to go to the inside retail on Wednesday, uh, January 31st, you can punch in the code and uh, get 20% off your ticket. So I highly recommend you guys uh, do that if you're into retail and you want to hear some of the great speakers, including Louis. So thank you so much for your time, Louis. Thanks for coming on. Why don't you introduce yourself to the audience? Okay. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Louis, Louis Tong. I'm from Hong Kong. I have been uh, in this online business nearly 20 years. Uh, it started at the beginning of the dot-com boom. If some of you have some history that you might remember, there's a company called RenRen.com. That's how and when I started to get into online media, mm -hmm. uh, which I helped to start the business. And the company was actually quite an early entry 
and eventually it went uh, IPO. Mm-hmm. So it is the earliest uh, Chinese community site. You know, those days before Facebook started. Right. So eventually, I help um, PCCW to do another venture to um, do a online media consultation uh, for integrated media mm. uh, called Ed Society. I see. Before I actually set up my own business, uh, doing completely something different, right. which I started a um, a retail business, a brick and mortar business, representing top brands, top international lingerie brands distribute and retail them in Hong Kong. Pretty soon, the business evolved into an online business, and I was uh, one of the earliest startups for um, trading fashion items, not to say um, uh, luxury lingerie on on an online basis. To my surprise, uh, my shoppers are not necessarily from Hong Kong. Most of the people who actually came to shop mm. are actually from Europe, US, and uh, Australia. So, and we're talking about in 2006. Uh, so that was actually a really wow. great experience uh, selling uh, an article of uh, lingerie ranging from two to three thousand dollars an article. So it was a great experience, you know, consider a lot of the uh, country uh, only starting to finance their broadband network. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, sure. So, yeah, eventually it brings me today into where I am um, completely involved into an online business with Strawberry Net. Right. Thank you for sharing that, uh, Louis. The, the, how did you initially get into tech? I mean, is that was that sort of your background? It sounds like you probably... Uh, I'm, I'm making assumptions here, but it sounds like uh, by when I, when I hear that you kind of went into retail and then and then now you're doing online retail and it sounds like that was sort of what you wanted to do all the time. How did you end up doing tech first? <laughs> well, very good question, Jay. <laughs> I mean, I actually never thought about going into te- uh, tech. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually trained as a chemist, a chemical engineer. Oh wow. Um, so after working as a chemist and chemical chemical engineer for for some time, we were trading um, pigments, you know, those days, and trading items like that, you would really taking a long time for a company uh, to to make a deal. Sometimes you have to involve government regulations, lobbying. So each deal would take two to three years sometimes, you know. But the reward is actually amazing. Right. So as a young person, especially living in Hong Kong, things are really fast. A lot of people are in the banking. You see things yeah. happening really fast. I started to ask myself, is this the direction I wanted to go? Is there something else I wanted to do? So then I had the opportunity to um, to meet the founders of RenRen.com uh, when they first started, um, mm-hmm. Michael Robinson and uh Anthony Chang, uh, to uh, McKinsey, uh, ex-consultant. So we hit it off after um, a a coffee. And before I know it, the next day I joined their venture. (laughs) That's how I get started with technology. It's a very great, um, great experience and um, great uh, point to change my, uh, my life. Yeah, absolutely. And this was <clears throat> this was uh, Web 1.0, so this was like the initial sort of tech tech boom, uh, and you were there for that, which is which is pretty cool because uh, 
yeah, Redmond was like the f- the first Chinese social media network, right? You bet, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then so then you, after that, after sort of the exit, you said you worked for PCW for a while. And then you decided, okay, I'm actually, I don't want to do like pure tech anymore. I want to go back to retail, I guess. So you did the high-end lingerie. Is that is that sort of the thought process that you were having at the time? Um, You know, those days, everything happened so quickly because, you know, I think that was still the stage of time then when people thought about, you know, um, technology, you know, dot com is actually a new media. You know, the word new media actually still exists today. But, you know, mm-hmm. gradually there are a lot of people understand new media is not necessarily meaning new business. Your budget is only this much. You have to cut your pie differently to reposition yourself how you want it to be exposed. Mm. So, you know, Everything happened so fast, and especially those days with technology company. We have Investor um, News Corp, uh, the best in the VC fund from Silicon mm-hmm. Valley. So, apart from developing our you know technology backend, um, also partner with Intel. Um, so things are moving very very fast. You know, market is expanding very fast. Technically, we're working about 20, 20 hours a day. Wow. Um, you know, because even though we say that we're working just for the uh, Chinese community, our partners actually involve people um, who are maybe technology partner actually stationed in the U.S., you know, who are 16 hours difference from our time difference. Right. So in the evening, we'll go, you know, we'll go back and then make conference call and get things going. So after a few years <laughs> actually being fast paced like that, I started to ask myself, I can continue to help people to start a business right. or perhaps I can start up a business by myself mm-hmm. and see where it goes. So at that time, I weighed different kind of option. You know, what do I want to do? Do I want to start a tech company? So I went back to one of these idea I had when I was in college, uh, which is kind of an inspiration from Victoria's Secret for those who live in the U.S. Right. You know, it's a sure. very aspirational <laughs> brand. Uh, mm-hmm. How they make such a simple product is such a, a big, um, successful brand. We're not talking about product. So uh, market in Hong Kong is very nascent. And so I thought, why not, you know, try it? Right. I was actually quite quite naive and uh, nascent at that time. I just thought maybe that, that's what I wanted to do. But I didn't realize I have no experience in retail. Um, you know, forget about managing a company. You know, I started a business, so, you know, all right. But managing your own company is very different of um, versus managing other people's company. And I also feel like the niche that you picked was is quite uh, progressive because uh, Asians are quite conservative, and so the, <laughs> <laughs> the luxury lingerie uh, niche was definitely uh, bold uh, niche for you to to, to try to conquer. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, thanks to being young, that all I can think of. I mean, even today, I think I was actually very um, uh, nascent of thinking that that's what I wanted to do. So, and I decided to just go for it. I never really thought about all these, you know, uh, product nature. How am I going to market it? You know, I never done any marketing in terms of consumable goods, you know, or fashion item. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, I get training from my supplier, actually how to sell lingerie. And I don't even know how to measure people. Right. But, you know, I learned quickly. And it was a very exciting period of time. 
the best thing is actually I don't know what I don't know. Everything I learn is something that I I will make the best out of it. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, that's about as practical and on the job training as you can get. <laughs> I mean, just throwing yourself into a startup that and never having any experience and、uh, at a very difficult niche and just figuring it out as it goes. So obviously, you learned some valuable lessons there that has now translated into a very successful twenty-year、uh, business,、uh, StrawberryNet. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about StrawberryNet. What is StrawberryNet? Where did the name StrawberryNet? Come from.、Uh, I, I know you have a nice little juicy-looking strawberry icon on your website. How did you come up with the idea?、Uh, please、uh, share with us the story. Well, Strawberry Net,、um, as its name sounds, is actually a.、Um, we wanted to remind everyone how fresh our business could be. It's actually, you know, the freshness of、uh, a beauty product is what we have picked,、uh, based on. So, Strawberry Net is an online e-commerce company. Uh, focusing on beauty product, you know, from skincare to makeup, cosmetics, hair care to fragrance. It is the world's leading beauty、uh, shop online that carries about a hundred international brand names, whatever names you can think of from Europe, U.S., Japan, Korea, existing brands, niche brand. Uh, classic brands, we all have, you know,、uh, for over thirty thousand products on our catalog. Wow, we're selling to、um, about one hundred ninety countries in the world.、Um, that's a lot of penetration. That's only one hundred sixty, one hundred ninety six country in the world. Wow, <laughs> with、um, yeah, with thirty eight languages and two four seven pick and pack.、Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a very、um, Vertical and uh, uh, wide range、uh, of offering that we have. That's incredible. What was the has the business model changed at all from inception when you first launched Strawberry Net? Was it has it always been sort of skincare and and、uh, beauty products? Well, the nature of the product has always been the same.、Um, our founder uh, has uh, started the business, believe it or not. Very traditionally, with a brick and mortar、uh, store、uh, in TST. Oh wow! And、uh, so within a year, yeah, we're right in front of the star star house. Okay, yeah, the ferry. Yeah. And、uh, the business is really good, and the traffic is exceptional. <laughs> However, how many locations are there in Hong Kong, and how many locations are there around the world? So after a year,、um, uh, the business has decided to change its business model and convert itself completely to the online space. Right. So the big change is actually basically happened within a year's time to convert it from offline to online. Right. And、uh, so at that time, it's quite early. It's 1998. So、uh, during that period of time, we slowly built up the business to make it into. You know, expand to one from one country to another country, and、uh, expand our portfolio. And since this is a very data-driven business, it also allow us to understand, you know, what product and what area is actually popular that should we actually focus on. So eventually, it lead us to、uh, develop into where we are today. So, do you keep the products in like you warehouse the products? Like you actually carrying the inventory?、Uh, In a warehouse somewhere in China, or and then that—that's where it gets shipped from. Well, 
we do carry all the infantry. Um, actually, our infantry is not carried into China; it's actually carried in Hong Kong. And um, oh, it is. Okay. Yes, yeah. In China, you will have actually very high tax. So, <laughs> and um, oh, true. yes, yeah. so we carry the infantry. It allow us to have uh, uh, have a very fast turnaround time of uh, dispatching our products to our shoppers. Yeah, I mean, Hong Kong is obviously known to be one of the global globally one of the best and and most efficient hubs for logistics so it does make sense uh to have your your warehousing here as far as like the products go and expanding that into other countries is it i mean there you said there's multiple languages like how, how first initially was it localized here in hong kong or was it in english and then how did you end up start sort of building upon that to expand right I think, you know, as a basic, um, English-Chinese is a prerequisite, right? And um, so eventually, as we actually expand ourselves, countries like Japan and Korea, uh, local language is actually uh, critical in order to be able to penetrate and break into this market. So we started started to, you know, uh, build into these um, languages as we wanted to expand into this market. So bit by bit, um, we started to do that as the market started to have a little bit more opportunity. So until what we are today. Right. And so you're, what, what is the sort of shipping, is there a global shipping policy or, or uh, like, is there, a, how, how fast can, can, if I ordered something online, like a, a skincare product, how fast can I expect to receive it? And is it different, vastly different if you go around the world? Oh, absolutely. You know, if you actually order from Hong Kong uh, before 11 o'clock uh, every day, mm-hmm. so you can receive it by the end of the day. Nice. So same day delivery service for Hong Kong. Um, of course, you can up, you know, opt in for actually delivered the day after. It's also possible. Mm-hmm. So if we go a little bit further, um, you know, if we go to Japan, uh, maybe three to four days, um, mm-hmm. same as Korea, three to four days, you'll be able to receive uh, door to door from, uh, you know, from the time you order to the time arrives your right. uh, your home or your office, whatever you want to deliver it. If we wanted to go a little bit further, um, go to the U.S., it maybe take a little bit longer. It really depends on the location. Um, if it is in big city, you know, it's actually um, a lot faster. If you're living in the small town, maybe you're taking a little bit longer. So we're talking about maybe, you know, four to six days. Right. So each country and each location may have some variance. But overall, um, we'll be looking at all oh, within 10 days. It should be there. Uh, so this is uh, so what intrigues me is that a very a seemingly very niched and simple business uh, you've you get you guys have managed to dominate for for so long and so for for so many years if you ask me oh okay oh, you want to buy skin skincare product i don't i don't even know where you know like in the states i would go to sephora maybe and pick up something or, or go to the mall right and then i would naturally just gravitate towards sort of a brick and mortar website mm. and then see if i can order it from there or maybe the brand itself so if it's keels i would go to keels.com and, and try to order it. But for you guys to, I mean, what, what are some of the challenges that you have experienced, especially now that, uh, I mean, I, I think you were an early adopter with uh, e-commerce. So that obviously helped you. You had the first mover advantage. You dominated the niche. So that obviously helped you. But now, you know, I, I feel like it could be quite easy to, to, to 
throw together a uh, e-commerce site and, and maybe try to compete. So what are some of the challenges that you've experienced and continue to experience as you see this sort of uh, ease, like the, the barrier to entry for online businesses has gotten extremely low, right? So what, what are you guys experiencing there on that front? Well, these days, I think, you know, basically the the information online is basically could be also information overload. As you said, it's so easy to, you know, to set up a mm-hmm. e-commerce company um, and so easy to promote it and then get established and maybe even you know, looks really professional. So I think in the end of the day, a lot of the people go online. Mm-hmm. People, even the younger generation, are even more savvy of doing their search. However, for everybody who invests money to buy something, they wanted to have product that uh, meet their expectation, that is reliable, that is genuine. So how can a shopper determine whether the company they're buying from, the website they're buying from, Mm -hmm. is a legitimate business. For them to pay the money, it is that they will receive the goods. Or the good is actually with good value. They can search a lot and see, do the price comparison. Right. You know, these days you can see a lot of company actually doing promotion, price cut, and um, you know, there are some people, some company would have a lot of funding. They probably don't really care about how much discount it is, as long as they actually, you know, aggregate enough shoppers and then they can actually start to to make the money. You know, everybody's objective is different, and the funding situation is also you know varied. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So to justify, you know, what makes sense, I think a lot of the time, especially for more experienced shopper or the more first-time shopper, I think reputation is very, very important. So coming to Strawberry Net, for us to be on the online space for nearly 20 years, it says so much about that what we have offered to the world has been so reliable. Therefore, we still here 20 years later, and we still continue to be leading in this category. Right. One of the things is we don't really, you know, we don't market ourselves so much. So for people who actually look for beauty product and find us, they always stay with us. So I think these kind of um, this kind of reputation is not a beautiful website or a uh, in the short term marketing you know campaign can really build up. Yeah, I mean it, it's funny because uh, you talk about authenticity uh, of product earlier, and and uh, and that 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 isn't one of the questions that I wanted to ask you is is have you ever been challenged uh, you know of of the products that you have you know I mean our proximity is right next door to China where is notorious for fake goods. <laughs> so uh, you know, has that ever ha- has that ever been a problem from any of your customers? Or it's such a fair question. You know, uh, next door to China, whether it's China or anywhere else, I think for our category, you know, this kind of question comes comes in a lot. You know, um, especially uh, when people who may not have actually discovered us, you know, during the process of they they shop online. You know, it's new to them to find out who's to Strawberry Net or they know us, but they never actually bought from us. Um, you know, people are curious about that. And mm-hmm. um, so it's important for us to be able to communicate with them and um, to let them know, you know, what we, you know, what we represent. Right. A couple of years ago, there is a really, really great research report um, 
uh, I can't remember off off my hand right now which which company published it, but it's one of the biggest publisher actually published a research report about top ten beauty company in the world. Nine of them are all brand owner. One of them mm-hmm. is a multi brand trader, Strawberry Net. So we were actually shocked and um, and also flattered at the same time that we were actually considered ah, one of the top ten in the world. Right, nice. I think. I would not be surprised. You know, this kind of question will continue because we are living in the digital world. There will be actually a lot right. of opportunity for people who may not know us and who wanted to know, you know, whether our supplier also come, you know, supply us with the right kind of um, product. But the funny thing is, Jay, sometimes, you know, people buy things, you know, whether it's actually in the traditional store or, you know, uh, online space, there are always people wanted to, you know, change and switch. Sure. Sometimes actually we send, send them our product and they can actually return it with a fake product. Oh. There are all kinds of people in this world. So, we have, you know, you ask me, you know, if I, if people worry about we selling the fake thing, we worry about whether they return with the fake thing. Exactly. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's, uh, you know, when it comes to, to dealing with customers, you, you get the whole, and you get the whole spectrum of people. And unfortunately, that's the world that we live in. But um, I think to your point, uh, Louis, is that, look, you built a business that has lasted for 20 years. Um, and, you know, that, that goes well beyond sort of the smoke and mirrors that you can, you can sort of hack together with a snazzy website or, you know, uh, a lot of these, a lot of these new companies now are using sort of customer testimonials. And then you find out like those are also, uh, manipulated or fake as well. (laughs) So it's, it's a, it's, it's absolutely a maze out there, uh, because of this democratization of information on the internet. So, um, again, you know, I guess it's a testament that to your brand and the work that you guys are doing there, um, that you were named in that study. So, um, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Um, so, Louis, let's let's just talk a little bit about um, sort of the future of uh, Strawberry Net and the future of uh, e-commerce. If you have any broad broad look outlook on how the future of e-commerce is going to evolve uh, in the coming years, these couple of years, I think the word uh, cross-border e-commerce you know becoming more and more seen and talked about. Uh, before in the past. E-commerce basically is a little bit more regional thing. But with the maturity of e-commerce around the globe, more and more countries actually can actually trade across the border. And trading across the border would involve different kind of um, from logistic and also, you know, taxation, you know, duties. And, um, you know, famously, maybe four years ago, when Mm -hmm. Chanel decided to cut their their China price of five items of their handbag by 10%. Wow, the world is going wild. Say, wow, they cut price. Little do they know, actually, a lot of the fashion brand has already started to have a global pricing, you know, even though it's not unified. But there are some guidance as to make it a little bit more transparent because internet, online e-commerce, give you the opportunity to look at prices in different countries. So the future of e-commerce is you were going to have a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, less, or I should say less price disparity uh, across the countries. Yeah, absolutely. And cross-border trading is becoming a lot more simpler. However, 
you will see a lot of countries, you know, a lot of government is also adapting new taxation um, uh, law to ensure uh, all the cross-border e-commerce in the trade taxation are captured. So as an e-commerce operator, uh, these are the areas actually also critical to the success of the company because, you know, when you started to actually um, comply mm-hmm. to every single of the new rules and regulation, that would also cause a lot of um, structural change or even financial uh, burdens, uh, whether this e-commerce company can afford to really have a true cross-border trading or not. And, com- you know, locations like Hong Kong, we have such a small population. Unless we really go global, Hong Kong population, if we actually have 30% of Hong Kong people all buying strawberry net, we're still talking about 2 million people, right? right? right. Yeah, that would be nice, unless they buy every day, right? <laughs> yeah. well, some some i'm sure uh, get close to that <laughs> um th- thanks for sharing your outlook what, what about strawberry net uh specifically as a company i mean i'm sure along the along the 20 years i'm sure there's been you know ups and downs and and changes and potentials for uh i'm sure people have come along and wanting to buy strawberry net and this sort of thing i mean are any plans for the future or are you are you just going to continue sort of you know, the, the legacy, building that legacy of strawberry net within your niche. Right. Um, well, there are a lot of new things coming up and good things coming up. Um, <laughs> some I may not be able to share with you at this moment. <laughs> uh, but certainly, I think one of the area we can say is, you know, we there's a lot of new technology out there. And we wanted to actually make sure that we would be able to engage into this new technology but without losing focus mm-hmm. of what we are trying to offer you know we are e-commerce site right. you know ai and ar you know is very popular is it necessary for us you know mm-hmm. these kind of opportunity we evaluate constantly and see how can we integrate with ourselves so you know influencer social media or even we work a lot, we collaborate with a lot of marketplaces and uh, what we right. actually can reach out through our own customer or who we can actually work together with to make our offer more um, reachable to uh, their shopping habit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's uh, exciting. I like how you left a little cliffhanger there for uh, the audience. So we're <laughs> definitely going to put Strawberry Net on our radar now and, and follow closely because I think that uh, there's going to be some exciting news or some exciting data points coming up. So um, last couple of questions, Louis. And again, I thank you for your time. Uh, and I think, um, you know, I think that this uh, the, the form is going to be great on the 31st. Uh, last two questions. Uh, uh, second to last question is, uh, you know, you have had a, obviously a vast and very successful career uh, building your company there, an e-commerce brand, um, obviously, a, a, you know, the legacy of Strawberry Net and, and it being one of the uh, sort of uh, the dominant players in the space. If, if, if you were to give one piece of advice to, say, someone just starting out there, someone just launched their website and they want to build an e-commerce website in whatever niche it is, maybe it's, uh, I don't know. A women's luxury lingerie and they want to they want to be the next strawberry net like what 
What what could you tell this young person that just started their website and they aspire to be the next driver in there? What piece of advice would you give them? Well, one word: persevere. I think you know it's um, mm-hmm. it's natural for everyone who started the business uh, is eager to see result and to see uh, return. And uh, but I think building a business. And uh, it's easy because it's just building a structure. To making it work and sustainable is something that takes a lot of perseverance because whatever happened actually great today, tomorrow could be another challenge. So um, it is important to learn as much as you can about the business and talk to as many people as possible. You know, plan as much as you can you know, in terms of the options and contingency mm-hmm. and try as hard as you can and prepare as much as you can because in the end of the day, anything can happen. Um, we ha- we expect a good result to come up, but if it didn't come through, at least you know. Everything that happened is actually a result of a careful, you know, preparation and you learn from it and move forward. Mm-hmm. Right. Sound advice, uh, Thank you, Louis. And the last question is, where can uh, my audience find you or follow you or maybe learn a little bit more about you if they want to? I don't, I'm not sure if you're active on social media or if you have a website of your own that people can reach out to you on if they have any questions or, or just want to follow up. Well, <laughs> and you don't have to give it. If, if you don't want to get flooded with, don't give your email. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, um, personally, I quite enjoy LinkedIn. I think you know professionally is actually a great location to exchange idea and um, and share some insight. So look for me on LinkedIn. Okay, fantastic. Thank you so much, Louis. We uh, had a really good time hearing your your very uh, unique and and uh, inspiring story. So thank you for sharing that with the audience. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing you speak on the thirty first at the uh, Inside Retail event. So uh, thanks again. It's my pleasure. Much appreciated. Thank you very much, Jay. All right. Thanks a lot. Take care. Thank you. You too. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. All the show notes and links can be found over at jkimshow.com. Come back often and make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Don't forget to join us next week for another exciting episode of The Jay Kim Show. I'd love to hear your comments. You can find me on Twitter at jkimmer, J-A-Y-K-I-M-M-E-R. See you guys next week. This podcast is brought to you by Hack Your Fitness, the high achiever's guide to getting ripped in under three hours a week. If you're anything like me, you're probably working a full-time job or jobs and trying to find time to balance family life, social life, and last but not least, fitness. Look, I get it. I'm a full-time investor and entrepreneur myself and father of two. So how am I able to stay fit year-round without spending hours and hours in the gym killing myself on the cardio machine? After struggling for the last 15 years trying every workout and diet under the sun, I finally designed a system that allows me to achieve and maintain single-digit body fat for life in under 3 hours a week. Cardio not required. Head on over to hackyour.fitness and download my free 13-page guide that teaches you the simple science behind efficient fitness and smart nutrition and gives you everything you need to know to finally take control of your life. That's hackyour.fitness. Yeah.